0: want me to forget you okay forget me too you tell me you hate me baby yeah i bet you do i'll keep
1: you waiting but i won't wait on you want me to forget you okay forget welcome, me. welcome pewter
0: report readers and listeners to another edition of the pewter report podcast energized by celsius a friday special edition here on the pewter report podcast Energized, oh, yeah, you've got your strawberry guava, I've got my strawberry guava Celsius. Uh, we'll talk about that on the podcast today, too. But we also got a big extension to talk about Taylor Jenkins, yes, who's along with me today. Uh, Tom Brady extension, we've got a Kevin Minter re signing, we've got a Shaq Barrett social media response that ups the intrigue, baby. We are jam packed on a Friday, and that's all before we even shred to bits. Your Bucks off-season plan, our battle plan for the off-season, and and take get all your bad takes out. No, then I'm just kidding. Nothing you, to shred. It's not, nothing to shred. It's not, I was it's gonna smart. say it's not it's not that controversial of a, of a piece, but we'll we'll find a few things. I found a few things to get after Matt for yesterday. Uh, if you haven't listened to the show from yesterday, Matt and I had a lot to talk about as well with Levante David resigning and other stuff. So uh, make sure you check that out as well. Dylan Foot says, answer my effing dm on twitter john and he spells my name with an h good way to get people to answer your twitter dms is to spell their names correctly that's a good first step but dylan i will look for your twitter dm sorry there's a lot that i haven't responded to recently been a little bit busy around these parts as the bucks are Doing a lot right now um, uh, That keeps us hopping Uh, So we'll have that all to discuss on the show today Taylor, excited about that And it's all brought to you by our friends over at Celsius Celsius Powers, active lives every day with essential, functional energy, and strawberry guava might do it better than any other flavor,
1: Taylor Jenkins. How good Jenkins. is it? Good I is it?
0: can't believe how good it is, dude. I put one in the fridge as soon as they came to my dude. door, pop one in there, Oh, cracked it open to try just to get a taste that night, last night. Oh, my goodness, dude. Game-changing flavor, strawberry guava. If you haven't tried it and you're Celsius fan, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you got to try strawberry guava. It is awesome. Remember, zero sugar, none. Great energy, accelerates your metabolism, burns body fat. So it's great for you. It tastes great. And it's not, there's no sugar. And there's not the letdown either with other energy drinks. I mean, you've seen it probably as you've seen Celsians' brand kind of blow up nationally over the past month or two. They are onto something really special here, folks. Uh, They really are. And so- Check it out. Try it. I'm telling you Celsius live fit, the sparkling strawberry guava. Oh my, it might be number one, Taylor. I mean, yeah, it's tough, but it know, might be number one.
1: As you and the listeners know, if you've heard me on before, I've been drinking Celsius for a long time. I've been drinking it way before they sponsored the podcast. So you're, I've been a big a Celsius, Celsius fan for a long time. I'm a Celsius vet, long-term fan, but, um, we've had many discussions about our favorite flavors and they sent us these. I had never tried the strawberry guava. And so I threw one in the, I threw one in the uh, fridge. I was going to the gym. I cracked it open. And that's when I texted you guys yesterday. And I said, man, this has rapidly, I mean, shot directly up. If it's not my, if it's not my favorite flavor, it's near there. It's pretty perfect. It's a lot like the Taylor Jenkins Bucks battle pass of Celsius energy drinks. It's just hard to top.
0: Wow, wow, yeah. So, find your store locator on celsius.com and you can figure out where to get your sparkling strawberry guava, or you can just go on Amazon and get the variety pack and uh, all that stuff. So, yeah, we're excited today's a great show because Tom Brady is going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer through 2022. Taylor, let's go, baby! Let's go. Sorry if that
1: was, I'm actually convinced he's going to be there through 2032. Um, he's just going to keep signing extensions and he's just going to play till he's like 63. 64, why not? Very possible. Just keep going. So, yes, I, I think that
0: Tom Brady being back kind of locks things in a little bit for the Bucks. Okay, so this year, doubt doubt the ripple effect, obviously, other than having the GOAT, the GOAT. Sorry, I leaned away from the microphone. I'm amped up on a Friday. I didn't even drink any of this yet either. So um, mm-hmm. it is that you probably are out of the quarterback, mark, quarterback market for this offseason, and that's fine with me because at 32 – you were going to be probably be reaching for a guy yeah. anyway. So not a big deal to me. The other ripple effect part of it is that continuity, 19 million of cap space cleared for this offseason. You push some money down the road a little bit with the Brady and the void years. I think there's three void years on the contract. Do not ask me what a void year is. I have no freaking clue. The only thing I know about the void year, Taylor, is that it basically means 19 million cap cleared off the books this year. Tom Brady cap it minimal this year more room for Shaq Barrett, more room for Rob Gronkowski, more room for Indomitian Sue, and they still can do things like restructure uh, Ali Marpet, extend Ryan Jensen, extend longer term, bigger money, Donovan Smith, Carlton Davis. There's things like that that they can do. Carlton Davis wouldn't clear a lot of money this year but um, to extend him, but all things that you can do to set yourself up to win yeah. down the road for the Bucks right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, if you've ever thought the salary cap is a myth, I think you're a little – I think you have a case for it. But obviously the salary cap is not a myth, it's a real thing that teams have to navigate. Some nah. do that better than nah. others. And nah. now, I mean, what dude, what are avoidable years? You can just I don't know. sign That's him. To it's, the it's like That's it's like, yeah, it's like we're just gonna take Tom Brady and we're gonna sign him to an an eight-year contract, but the next but the last six don't count, and we're only gonna pay him, you know, for three years, and he's only gonna get paid 17 cents and a handful of leftover Taco Bell packets this year, so we can sign Shaq Barrett. It's like I don't know what they're doing. Mike Greenberg is actually a wizard. I don't yeah. really know how he does it, but somehow he finds a way. And the Bucs have done this unbelievable job of building this really young core where you have all your entire secondary basically on rookie contracts. They, right. did, they built the roster the right way, where you built a strong core through successful drafts, and then you take glaring needs and you don't try and just force picks in the draft and you go and you see a lot of teams that go oh we need that you know you see it with the bucks last year oh man yeah. we really needed a running back and all of a sudden we traded two fourth round picks so we've got to reach on Keyshawn Vaughn but you see teams do that with quarterbacks like you were saying mm-hmm. if the bucks go after a quarterback this year if they were in dire need of one you're landing with a guy like Kyle Trask at 32 right. I'm not saying he's yeah. a bad quarterback but you're reaching Absolutely. for it and so instead of doing that with free with the draft they built their core that way and their core is homegrown, and then you go look at glaring needs, edge rushers. They trade for one in Jason Pierre-Paul. They add one through free agency in Shaq Barrett. You need a quarterback. You add you add that in free agency. You need a center. You need another defensive tackle. You add those in free agency, and they've done a phenomenal job of doing that. And that young core has allowed them, I think, in guys that are happy to be here. Mike Evans not only set the kind of market they signed him early so that they aren't paying him. 30 million dollars right now you know amari cooper's getting 20 million because he signed it last year but you get those deals done you get those extensions done and guys are happy to be there they're willing to take a little less money Cam cambray took less money last year mike evans is going to ultimately probably restructure his his contract about 14 times before he retires as a tampa bay buck so the way they've built this team has just been unbelievable and the salary cap management is just otherworldly
0: Right, real, really good week for box fans. I mean, Levante coming back, Kevin Minter coming back. We didn't even mention that. Um uh, Tom Brady obviously uh getting extended for another year. Um, and maybe the best part, to, oh to Chris Godwin on the franchise tag. Maybe the best part, Taylor. I thought Shaq Barrett's response to Tom Brady's tweet or the Instagram post or whatever it was about coming back. Tom Brady said pursuit of eight. Who, uh, some of those emojis, you know, I'm tough, I'm big, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, Shaq Barrett chimed in with the, oh, he said, we're keeping this band together. And Shaq Barrett gave him the, yes, sir. Yes, like, yes, sir. Okay, hold up, hold up. This sounds like there's been some chatting going on. I think some people know some things. I think it's just yep. a matter of time. So that was actually probably the biggest thing, Taylor, that gave me hope. Not that I've doubted really that Shaq Barrett will be back. But I've said before, I think it's going to be into free agency. He's going to want to hit yeah. the market. You question and how it's going to happen. Exactly right. Financially speaking, I don't think you can really argue with Shaq Barrett. Like the best thing for him to do would be to hit the market, I think. Yeah. But he might want to be back in Tampa Bay and they might give him a great offer. And guess what? What's the difference? I mean, you might get a little bit more on the market, but is it really that big a deal if you're getting paid? You know, if you're making 19, 20 type of year, you know, a million dollars a year type of deal with the box. And so that might be where we're at. With the Shaq Barrett thing, but his response to Brady like that really made me feel like he feels yeah. he feels like it's just a matter of fine-tuning the details to be back in Tampa Bay. You don't see that, you know, with that level of confidence no. very often. So that that was a big indicator to me. Toby I think Valora, the One thing that's
1: so interesting is how much guys seem to want to be here. I mean, this has been such a losing franchise for so long but it almost it's crazy like everybody wants to be a Tampa now. That, yeah, that it's, like, it, that it's like a first-class organization. You look at this team, you know, like a Steelers, like a Patriots, where guys are not – they're so ultimately bought in. And this isn't just guys – I mean, who have been with the team. This isn't just the Godwins and the Evans and the Levantes who say, I love being here and I want to stay here and I love the organization. This is guys who come here for a year. Tom Brady's been here a year. Gronk's mm-hmm. been here a year. And Dominic and Sue's been here too. Shaq Barrett's been here too. Jason Pierre-Paul's been here three. And they all, like, it just seems like they're so willing to buy in and right. be, man, I'm juiced up today. I'm I'm just rambling. I'm going off. I'm telling you. No. I That's I mean- in my veins. Listen, it's a good thing, man. I mean,
0: this is a great organization right now. A lot of people want to be here. They're they're in a window where in the next two years they should absolutely be competing for Super Bowls, especially if they can get Shaq back. And we're going to be hopefully excited about that on a later show for sure. Uh, we do want to move uh, to the battle plan a little bit. Toby Valora, uh, funny comments. Scruff Ledyard is greater than clean shaven Ledyard. I was Scruff this week. I am clean shaven this morning. Actually, I had a I had a handlebar mustache. Uh, going on, it was freaking out my wife a little bit. Sometimes, time to time, I just like to change things up. Uh, see how repulsed she is by me. She was pretty repulsed, is the answer, in case you were wondering. Um, t- and then uh, Toby also adds Taylor's cat, Taylor Jenkins' battle plan. Taylor's cat greater than Taylor's battle plan. I I love it. Toby Valore bringing the heat on a Friday. There's no settling down here. Ten dollars super chat. Remember super chats? They're back. Eric Colson's bringing them back. Ten dollars super chat. Taylor. I expect your battle plan to include Marlon Mack, Rodney Adams, Austin Ryder, uh reader, Writer. I don't know, and to draft KJ Sales in the 5th. Anything else is unsatisfactory. Eric, the I see USF the all caps. The all caps Rodney Adams there cuz he knows there's a personal personal dig at me who wasn't a big uh who wasn't a big uh, Rodney Adams fan coming out of college, sad to say. Andrew rep says Ledyard's plan, all other plans. Thank you, Andrew. Smart man, right there. I'm sorry for what I'm doing to people's volumes right now. I'm just damn top kind of day. It really is. I mean, that's that's where we're at, Taylor. We get to Friday. We know this podcast is the only thing between me and more work and more tape watching. Uh, but <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, that's exactly I, right. I can't wait. All right, your your plan for the off season. the Taylor Jenkins 2021 plan for the Bucks off season. Wide receiver Chris Godwin on the franchise tag. Wow, what a prediction. Lavonte David resigned. Wow, what a prediction. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, Shaq Barrett coming back. And Dominick Hsu coming back. Rob Gronk coming back. Suckup coming back. Ross Cockrell coming back. But no Antonio Brown. Matt Matera, the only Pewter Report staffer to have Antonio Brown coming back. But all for a variety of reasons so far.
1: What is your reasoning, Taylor? I think that despite his off-the-field issues, I know he had that little incident in his gated community before the Bucs signed him. But – Antonio Brown showed this year that if he, you know, he may not be in the middle of his prime. Antonio Brown in his prime, I mean, was arguably the best player. You're the best wide receiver in the league. It was really kind of him. Wasn't arguable, but Julio yes. Jones, yeah, I was like, yeah, you, a Pittsburgh guy. <laughs> but I mean, really, it was Antonio, I watched he, him. I'm
0: telling you, I would tell you, yeah. Julio was
1: better. He wasn't. Definitely. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think the only three guys that at any point in his career really, you know, can make a case are really like, you know, Megatron at the tail end. Julio, maybe Odell Beckham Jr. for a few years. They were the guys, you know, and he's still shown that while he may not be smack dab in the middle of his prime, he's it's not like he's out of it. He right. was out of football for a year. He had some incidents but he stayed in football shape quite clearly. He stepped on the field, and at times it looked like he never stepped off of it. Um, with that said, I think that there is going to be a team that offers him a larger contract than the Bucs are going to want to pay him. Um, he might be stuck with another situation with another team where it's one year or it's incentive-laden. I think that if he's willing to take $2 million, $3 million with some incentives mm-hmm. in there for touchdowns and playing time and and, and playoff stuff, I think you, know, you could have that offer. But I just have trouble seeing a team like Seattle. You know, I know they're interested, not giving him. And then it comes down to am I going to take the one year contract with the Bucs, where it's, you know, two, three million, it could be five. Or Mm -hmm. am I going to take the one or two year offers getting me eight, nine, ten per with a team like Seattle? And I just I think it's a possibility he comes back, but it's if the money's right.
0: Okay. All right, all right. That's what I think, basically. But I do think that somebody else could could be able to throw a little bit more at him. And, but maybe ultimately he believes the situation matters. I don't know. I mean, he's thirty three. I don't know what his priorities are at this point. Yeah. He's already made a ton of money. I mean, so maybe he doesn't care as much about.
1: It's like I know. Oh, he wants to play with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. But do you want to take two million dollars and play with Tom Brady and maybe get a ring, or take eight million dollars? It's it's a real I mean it's especially a real- if it's like two if Seattle's like
0: two years. Yeah, two six years million, million. Even if it's three guaranteed and the Bucks are given one year yeah. or three. Well, you know, if you behave yourself, you're gonna get all six million and so it's double. And I don't know, you know. So anyway, that's that's my thought process on the A B thing. But it's very possible he's back. It's obviously very possible he's back. No one's ruling that out. I think you know, even though four or five of us went that way, I don't think any of us are saying there's a strong chance yeah. he's not back. I think there's a very really good chance awesome. he's back. It's just just not what we decided to do in our plans uh, for the most part. Couple of comments uh, across the board here is Mike Greenberg under five five. Stephen Che posted a picture with him earlier, and he looked no taller than five five. I don't know how tall he is, but he is not tall. I will say that. Uh, I don't want to. He's dunking on the whole height. league, even if he is five five. Yeah, he's d- exactly right. He's dunking on the whole league, so it don't matter. Um, mm, what else we saw? Uh, there were some other comments in here. When we first got Tom Brady, I thought two years is just not enough. When he's gone, we're back to being paper tigers. Flash Gordon says, I don't know what your opinion on this now is, Flash, but even if that was your opinion at the time, I just really don't think it's the case. Obviously, the quarterback position matters, and what the Bucs do next at the quarterback position does matter. But A, we've got a little bit of time before we have to figure that out, and B – this is a really good roster with a really good guy at top and Jason light were leading the way in acquiring talent. It's a place people want to be. It's become culturally transformed. That's what a Super Bowl does after all those years of losing. I do not think the bucks are going back in the cellar anytime soon. I think this is a, this is a team and a franchise on the rise. Brady's a huge step in that direction. The yes, the quarterback, the next quarterback will be big in figuring out where it goes after that. But uh, this there's there, they are in the right direction, not just a quarterback. This is a really good football team right now. And so I think yeah. that really, really matters too. Any more restructures or extensions will take place for the Bucs, Taylor, and then I'll answer this and then we'll get back to your uh, battle plan. But uh, he, uh, I think that, That's yes, there will be – There, yeah, you just, yeah, exactly. Uh, we have to get Taylor's battle plan to work and all of our battle plans and really Jason Light's battle plan to work. Um, there will have to be more restructures and extensions. Yes, yeah, so Brady cleared $19 million in cap space for this season – the Bucs were about five over, so that puts him about 14 under the cap right now. Enough room to, to re-sign Shaq for sure because, remember, his cap hit this year doesn't have to be nineteen to $20 million. It just has to average that. So you've got to try to space things out a little bit, but this year there would be a lower cap hit. But they're not going to be done. I mean, there's other moves to be made. I hate to say it, but cutting Cam Brady is just so obvious to me. I mean, he, again, I know he's a good player. I know people like him. I'm not saying he doesn't help the team. You cut anybody making six and a half million, they're probably going to help the team. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you could ask them to take another pay cut down to two mil. Maybe that's enough. But if you can get all six and a half million, that's a huge difference. That's a big call. I mean, that's a decent call, but that's your third tight end. We saw that last year. OJ Howard and Gronk are playing. You know, you could say, what if these guys get hurt? You can do that all day with every position. End of the day, you can't pay a third string guy that kind of money. You took four and a half million last year in third on this roster, because they want to bring back you can't pay a third string tight end four and a half million it's gonna have to be it's gonna have to be changed I mean, that's what you can get Mercedes Lewis a better blocker on this team for a, a million and a half probably to to win a Super Bowl this year I mean there's just a big difference and I, I hate to say it I love Cambrai too but at the end of the day you're not letting go of bad players to, to resign good players it's yeah. probably a solid player and you know, you're obviously very well positioned to be able to handle his loss, but that's that's just reality, right? Taylor, do you have what do you have happening with Cam Brayton in your battle plan?
1: I have him taking a pay cut down from 6.5 to four or 3.5. $4. So I have him saving, yes, $4. He is taking 75 would probably cents pay for and three cans of Celsius. Yeah, he probably would. <laughs> he likes Tampa. He just built a house here. He's lived here for a long time. He's from, you know, Illinois. So I know he loves the warm weather. He'd probably hate to go back to like, when he was at Harvard and he's freezing yeah. for six months of the year. But yeah, I have him, I have him taking another pay cut, I think from 6.5 down to 3.5 save. And and we're not just talking about a third string tight end, John, we're talking about a guy who led the bucks in playoff targets up until the Kansas city. game. I know Taylor, but you can't,
0: every, <laughs> not every third, well, not agree. every third tight end can be that type of an option, right? At some no, point I know. you have I know. to cut costs other places, right. To bring everybody back.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that he is. I even mentioned in my battle plan, while I do restructure, I know he's a very popular um, name that's floating around, him and Will Golston. I shaved both of their contracts down, their cap hits for this year. Um, but again, if you get rid of Anthony, Anthony Auclair, if you can get Cambrai cheap enough, you keep him. I think that's really what it comes down to. But it would have to be Otherwise, like you're two,
0: with one to two million.
1: Otherwise, you're down with Tanner Hudson. And Anthony Alclair, and, and nothing yeah, I mean, against a third starts.
0: string tight end that can block and play, you know, eight snaps a game and six, five snaps a game. Yeah. You know, you could find that for cheap, right? I mean, you just need a blocker, really. If somebody gets hurt, you just yeah. need your second tight end to block. You know, it would have to be both your starters getting hurt. In that case, everybody in the league's affected. You know, you can't
1: Yeah, really. You're either. not expecting OJ or Gronk to go down again. So.
0: I mean, if one of them and if one of them goes down, you have the other one, and you have a blocker as your second tight yeah. end, and so you're still you can still do what you got to do. It's not going to be the same receiving option, but the Bucks aren't a aren't an Eagles Colts type offense where you're going to be you know flexing out two tight ends wide and running them. You know they're inline guys. Like you can find inline guys to do what the Bucks needed to do for cheaper. That's all I think. I I like Cam Brady a lot. It's just a it's just cost efficiency. Where do you spend money and then get the most for it? Now you mentioned Golston taking a pay cut to me that they have less leverage there because their D line is so up in the air. Even if Sue comes back, not just a free agent, McLennan's a free agent might retire, maybe probably will retire, you know? So there's, there's, it's open-ended at that point for those guys, you need to get younger and you need to get better pass rushers. Khalil Davis needs a chance to be able to play. If he's, if they think he has promise, you probably draft a guy at some point. So again, where does he fit? You know, if Golston, is, is if you're going to move on from Golson, well, you're going to count on a young guy stepping in, right? I mean, let, yeah. I don't think Nacho showed that he's an every-down guy. Golson's coming off no. his best year as a pro. So I say all that to say I just think it's tricky for me. I, I value Golson, Plus, he's a million less than Cam Bray. So you're already at five and a half. But I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe a pay cut, and that
1: Golson's fine with that at his age, just to, to stick around and finish this thing in tandem. Yeah, and I think it's it's. I think it, I said I think Cam breaks an easier nut to crack as far as cutting money. He's got three years left. He wants to be here. He, he's but it is an interesting situation. They're both going to be 30 years old um, when the season hits. Both have birthdays in July. They're going to be 30 years old when they hit. Um, Will Golson has one year left, and then he can hit the open market. And I don't think that either of them have ever seen their value higher. So it's a situation where they are both playing good football. Cam Brate, like I said, was leading the team in targets in the playoffs until the Super Bowl. O.J. Howard got hurt, so we got a lot of playing time. Will Golston had the best year of his career. So not only are they getting up there in age, but they're in this weird situation where they are probably as valuable as they've ever been. And then you've got to tell them, hey, take less money.
0: Right. Well, here's the other part of the situation because you are right that that's a factor. But the other part of the situation is a lot of people want to cut OJ Howard. I get recency biased, right? Cam Bray looked good recently. OJ Howard hasn't been around recently because of the injury. So, and he's coming off an injury. So I guess I get the reason for skepticism. I'm not saying OJ Howard's going to come back and be, you know, anything special or whatever, but I am saying OJ Howard, what he was doing before he got hurt was very, very good. He was on his trajectory to be one of the better tight ends league again in 2018, before he got hurt. He was on a trajectory to be one of the better tight ends in the league. I know it hasn't been rhythmic the way people want it to be. I know 2019 in what I believe is one of the toughest tight end systems in the league, which is the Bucs because they ask you to do so many things. So I mean, these guys—they line in the in the backfield. You saw it with Cam Brady this past season the, to lead block at times. Like they, I mean, they line up, they in base, they will line up on the edge, and you're just blocking a defensive lineman one on one a lot of the time, yeah. like. It's again, most schemes in the NFL today have some base in zone rushing. And the Bucs really, their tendency tends to be we're leaving tight end on an island, old school type of running game. And that even as a good blocker, that took a while for OJ to figure out. So again, there's just a lot for the position. Took him a while. Then he wasn't hurt, healthy. Then he started to get good again at the end of 2019 to make plays. Starts 2020. I thought he looked great. The catch against the Broncos yeah. you kidding me? Cam Brady ain't doing that. I think like, he's
1: extremely talented. I think he's and Tom fast. Brady he loves can him.
0: Block. And Tom Brady loves Tom Brady still because Tom Brady loves him. He loved AB, brought him in AB helped, like Leonard Fournette. I don't think Leonard Fournette was great, but he came in and was better than the other backs at the end of the season. Definitely helped him win. So, I mean, like at some point we got to, we got to be realistic about what we're talking about here. I mean, OJ Howard is a young guy who, if he has a dominant year, which he's looked like he could at two points before injuries derailed it. And really in 2018, I mean, he was good. I'm just, he was really good. You know, if he has that type of year again, that could be a guy that you look to sign. After the season, even depending on what happens with Gronk and his contract that I'm just saying that possibility exists. It does not exist with Cambrai It doesn't. No, not it doesn't. And I agree. They're, they're different. Plus, OJ Howard is a blocker way better than Cambray, especially the way he was blocking at the beginning of the year. The other thing about OJ Howard is his his option is fully guaranteed for injury. So if the Bucks wanted to cut him, which they do not, and they are not going to, I don't believe if they wanted to do that, they would have to prove he was 100 percent healthy right now. Or his contract would be guaranteed when they cut him. They probably can't prove that right now with an Achilles yeah. injury. So that's the other thing is that, like, they, they wouldn't save money if they cut OJ Howard right now. They would have to basically prove, oh, he's fully healthy. He's fine. His injury's not an issue. We're cutting him anyway. They I don't think they can do that right now. So that throws another wrench into things. And that's something that probably a lot of fans maybe don't know about with that. Um, Brady loves Brady. Sure. He loves Brady. He also chewed Brady out in the first, first round of the playoffs against Washington yeah. because Brady. Didn't keep working on his route. I mean, he'll do that with everybody. I'm not saying he doesn't like Bray. He does like Brady. Tom Brady's not an idiot. <laughs> He'd understand. I think Brady something. loves everyone. OJ Howard is <laughs> different, folks. He's different. You're I know Go around, talking
1: about consistency, but he's really talented. you got to take if a you are going to go it. down the roster and be like, you could point it at some scenario where it's like, oh, Tom Brady loves him. Like Tom Brady loves OJ and Tom yeah. Brady loves Gronk and Tom Brady loves Cam and Tom Brady loves Mike and Tom loves Chris and Tom loves AB. Tom loves everyone. So like that just can't be like at some point it just can't be the sole deciding factor. Like yeah. Brady loves every weapon he has except for maybe Cyril Grayson, right?
0: And, and, if you, I don't and think he still and, has him anymore. And if you cut, I mean, you, again, I just laid out why you really can't cut OJ. Um, but yeah. if, if you did, like, it's like okay, well, what are you gonna do? You know, Gronk goes down. For, why would you for, do for, that? Who's gonna block? You know, like I mean, yeah. I mean, you'd have to fight again. Okay. You would have to be a number three tight. Yeah, we don't have Joe do hagg anymore. So you know, anyway. We we devolve we digress here, uh, but uh, that's kind of the scenario right now with the tight end position for the box. I think Cam is I, I don't know I don't know how they I don't know how they keep him. Maybe maybe he does take one to two million. We'll see. Uh It's a lot to be decided still for sure. Um, suck up coming back. You have suck up coming back. What was your rate for suck up? Do you remember what did you bring uh, Ryan up back at per year? Two years six million.
1: Two so years, three Okay, million
0: that's okay million per. That's reasonable. Two years. $3 million per, I don't know what your guarantees are. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But, like, you don't want to be signing any four-year deal with a kicker. Like, no, no. I told Scott this. He wants to commit to Ryan. He would marry Ryan Suckup right now if he could. He would. But that's, what, that's how he feels about it. But, yeah, um, I mean,
1: kickers are so high. I mean, even the best kickers, I mean, it can just go bad so quick. And if you're locked into guaranteed money with a kicker in four years and Jason Light's in a spot where he's drafting his third – That's something that could be here in a snap. I mean, you've you've tried the veterans. You've tried the rookies. The Bucs have tried so much. I know it's enticing to try and be like, this is the guy. We finally found him. He's going to be great for the next eight years, you know, but it's just not realistic. You can't do that.
0: Right. I agree. I agree. All right, let's get to your new free agents. Ethan Posick from Seattle. Guard slash center. He's played both spots a little bit. You haven't listed center here. Why Ethan Posick?
1: So the Bucks do not want to shuffle around their offensive line again. Um, when we saw, uh, when we saw um, Ali Marpet get hurt and AQ Shipley goes down with a neck injury, all of a sudden you're slapping Ryan Jensen at left tack or left guard. You've got or you then you've got AQ Shipley playing center, and it's just a weird situation. And I think that you need someone in there he's not going to back up for guard. He's not going to be the first backup for guard. You've got Josh Wells as your as your spot starter at tackle. You've got Aaron Stinney at your spot starters for guard. Pochett is a guy who started 14 games for Seattle last year, but he's really not that good. He's, mm-hmm. you know, an average he's pass blocker. Can, can he's can not can a very good run blocker. He's basically a guy that we want him because we're going to get him for one year really cheap, and he is someone who can snap the ball to Tom Brady if a center goes down and that way we don't have to move Ali Marpet to center or so, you know, try and figure something out. So hmm, he is a guy that's literally just an emergency center because then you don't have to go, Oh, well, who's played center. We got Ali Marpet and he did it and he struggled, but then you have to move him from left guard. He's literally just an emergency center. He's not going to be a backup guard, but he can do it. If you have enough injuries, just a guy that you can bring in as an emergency center and that, and really nothing more. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. All right. I agree with you. Not very good. Um, that's the bottom line. <laughs> but something that could happen. Matt brought in Ty's umbrella yesterday. I said, Matt, I don't know if you know this or not, but Tyson umbrella is bad. And he was like, I don't, <laughs> but I could still see it happening. I was like, good point because they signed Joe Haig and he wasn't good either. So Yeah, my whole thing happen. was like,
1: yeah, he's bad, but like this is he the one scenario in which he yeah. plays.
0: Right. He plays a lot when of you spots. You need someone there. Yeah. yeah. Right, he plays. <laughs> um, okay. Gerald McCoy. You have Gerald McCoy coming back. Talk to me about this. You and Mark Cook bringing Gerald McCoy back into this locker room, knowing what you know.
1: Come on, No Knowing man. what I know. I brought it up in jest on the podcast when I was on with you last time, and it was literally just a situation where I was going down, and I thought, you know what? we. You, I was trying to add some depth, depth of defensive tackle. And Gerald McCoy, dude, I've never seen a fan base sour. I mean, I know I definitely think some things you could say he was a little soft in what he said. He went on that on that first t- – not first take, but with Skipping Shannon when he left and all this, and P- fans want to call him soft and all that, but he's a good dude. He's a leader in the locker room. The players like him. He's a great dude in the community. I still think he's got some ball left. He spent a decade in a Bucks uniform playing worthless games with a worthless team. And- all right, all right, all right. I so we don't got, we got a bunch of him.
0: people listening to the show right now. Let the people decide. Let's see. If you think – if you want Gerald McCoy back, in the Bucks locker room, you give a thumbs up on the on the chat in the chat. If you don't want him back, give me the thumbs down. We'll tally him up as best we can while we're live on the air, and I'll give you guys a second. To do it. a thumbs up for Gerald McCoy back with the Bucks? Thumbs down in the chat for Gerald McCoy uh, if you don't want him around. So we'll see what, what the responses are that roll in. Uh, we got some. We got a thumbs down already. It's it's on off yeah. to a great start. But yeah, it was I, such. I'm an actually ugly... curious
1: to know. Like I want to know. I don't think so. It was such an ugly breakup. I think by that point, that's what I was going to say. I've never seen a guy who I think was so loved by the fan base for so long. Wow! Just, oh, we got a middle finger emoji. We got eight thumbs down. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you got it. No, he's too old. Middle finger. Uh, Eric <laughs> Uh Thumbs down, thumbs down, thumbs down, thumbs down. Vomit face. How much does he cost? No. Hell no. I had a, thumbs I had down, him thumbs, point, down. thumbs up. We, we had a thumbs up.
1: We Somebody had a thumbs up. Where'd it go?
0: Uh, look, see, look, look at it. how
1: sour, look how sour the He's relationship dancing. between Gerald McCoy and the Bucks fan base became. A so guy who could not walk actually. anywhere. But yeah, a lot. You could not walk around town without seeing an 83 jersey at one point. And look at how sour it's become.
0: Look, there's a look couple of thumbs up. Oh,
1: thumbs so down I, I actually. So because it's it, my dude. battle plan oh. and I can do what I want, I bring the guy who dealt with this and sat here for 10 years and lost. Got his butt kicked to come back for one year on 2.5 million dollars, be a rotational pass rusher. You're only putting him on every two or three third downs when you're just gonna let you know let the defense pin their ears back and go at him because he's not good in run defense, he kind of plays out of out of uh out of scheme. He kind of hits gaps he wants, but he's got that fire get-off that everybody's talked about his entire career. Screw it when you have a situation where you're letting the whole defense go, pinning the ears back, sending six guys. Put Gerald McCoy in there. Let him use that that get off and let him get after the quarterback for one more uh-huh. year and try and make a run with this quarterback that he gave so much to for like nine years. Oh, Screw so it. Wow, guys, got Taylor Jenkins route right up on a Friday. I like it, but I agree with the fans.
0: I but yeah, I it's never going to happen,
1: and it probably shouldn't. Yeah. It, it, probably <laughs> it probably shouldn't. Should. Probably he's probably not good. (laughs) Yeah, I even said in my battle plan, I was like, yeah this probably won't happen. It's like really zero. You're the GM, dang it! But it's my yeah, but it's my battle plan plan. I'm
0: going to do what I want. I actually have a bigger problem with James White coming back here. What's up with this man? Everybody's bringing back James White. I think I was who's me and Matt didn't bring back James White. Yeah, I I I I didn't
1: want to bring James White back. I really didn't want to bring him here. You gave into peer pressure, but it just kind of made sense to me. I think that he's a guy that you bring in. And I if we get to my draft, I don't know. Do I give away my first round? I don't know. I don't
0: know if you're gonna get a draft the way this is going. The fans are riled up right now. They want blood.
1: I have a phenomenal, I have a phenomenal battle plan. It guarantees the Bucks a Super Bowl next year. If I was doing it, you're all wrong. But actually, some people have said me. you
0: have the Bucks you have the best battle plan so far. So see, they get it. Ty those just- and Ty gave thumbs up, Ty T gave thumbs up to McCoy. He's he listens on all the shows, I think. So
1: yeah, so it was like, I, I I don't know, can I give away my first-round pick?
0: I mean, or- you can, yeah, if you – yeah, you can. Okay. I'll pull it up here. So, so it's in conjunction. So, you know, he, he, Taylor signed James White in free agency and then he drafted Najee Harris in the first round. Go ahead, Taylor.
1: Now, we see a lot of situations where guys come in and they just aren't ready to be a full-time guy as a running back in year one. The Bucks have been looking for a game-changing running back since, I mean – a few years with muscle hamster Doug Martin, where he was just running all over, you know, the game Um, they've been looking for that game changing running back. They wanted that to be um, Ronald Jones. They drafted him in the second round out of USC and he never really translated that electric explosive play that he had at USC to the NFL. Now he's gotten significantly better. He's Mm -hmm. gotten to the point where I think that he can be a reliable starter for the Bucs, he showed that this year he nearly had a 1,000 yards. He would have got there if it wasn't for the COVID list the last two weeks. Um, but, yeah, I think James White is a guy who you can bring in, be a real pass catching back, a real third down back. He's going to have a couple games where he has seven, eight, nine, ten 8, 9, 10 catches. Um, you have Ronald Jones be the lead back, and then you have a situation like Jonathan Taylor this past year with the Colts. You have a situation like Cam Akers last year with the Rams where – you don't bring in a first a, a high drafted rookie and put everything on his plate in week one. I hmm. think that you bring in Najee Harris. I think he's a well rounded back. He's a he's a good runner. He can run between the tackles. He can run outside. He's a natural pass catching back. But I don't want to put all of one aspect of the offense on his back in year one. I mean, yeah, what'd you
0: what'd you sign? What'd you sign? Our boy James White for one year, one million. One year, one oh 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 so, oh so, so dirt dirt cheap. I mean, dirt dirt and that cheap. might be the he's, case. Like he's yeah, thirty years he's, old. Yeah, he's 30, right, or he's going to be 30 or something like that. And, and, and he's Tom Brady's buddy. Yeah, but you're he also talking won. about a year in which a guy like that, it's free agency at the least valuable position on the field. It's just this year. I mean, I just don't know what kind of money you're going to expect to make in free agency this year at the running back position yeah. as a mid-tier guy who doesn't run the football, who catches the football. You know I mean? that. And this is my problem with the James White signing. Y'all trust Ronald Jones more than I do. I don't think Ronald Jones is like your every down guy and then James White is your, you know, spell guy. So, you know, obviously you're taking Najee Harris in the first round. And we'll get to that for a second. But the Bucs are picking the 32. They can't count on taking a running back in the first round. They could be picking at 12 and then you'd be like, all right, pretty good chance. We're going to get one of the top three backs in the draft at number 12. So we can, you know, we can draft the third down guy. And But to me, I think you almost have to go into free agency and find a guy that can share the load. Like they did with Leonard Fournette, but hopefully a guy who's yeah. better at passing. That's
1: interesting. Yeah. But yeah, you're, you're paying him a little more money than Jam- And I wasn't are, going to go. Job. I wasn't going to go and spend three, four million a year on a running back when I'm drafting Najee Harris. Cause I think at some point by week eight, week 10, week twelve, week fourteen, Harris is picking up a little more slack. Now Jones isn't that first down back. He's splitting carries. And when you get into next year, the year after, Najee Harris takes kind of takes the brunt. Then you figure yeah. out the rest of the running back position, but you say, okay, I've got one. And at 32, I mean, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was the number one running back. Mm-hmm. I know some years you have the Leonard Fournettes and the and you have a right. couple running backs taken, but then you also have years where Clyde Edwards-Alaire in a, in a draft that I think was really good with running backs last year, yeah. um, go 32nd. And he's the first one off the board. So you could just as easily see Travis Etienne and Williams and, and Najee Harris all off the board, or you could see if, if Etienne or Najee Harris gets to 32... I don't necessarily like taking a running back in the first round, but when you have a team that has so few glaring needs and you're at 32, right. I think that's kind of one where you can go, all right, this is what we've wanted for so long. We missed on Jonathan Taylor last year. We wanted to get Antonio Gibson, and he got taken before we could take him. We're just going to go get our guy, and they truly and if they truly believe in him, you go at him. I know they liked Jonathan Taylor last year, and that stinks they couldn't get him, but you also got two game changers. You got Winfield Jr. and... And Tristan Wirth. so it sucks you didn't get your guy, but you got a yeah. Super Bowl, and now you get a chance to. Well, I mean, and remember they liked Antonio Gibson too, you know. So yeah, yeah I
0: think pass catching is really valuable to them. I don't know how they you know. I know they you know they might have liked Jonathan Taylor, but again, and Jonathan Taylor did pass catch pretty well as a, as a rookie. Um, but it was also like, man, that that was really valuable to them. I mean, Antonio Gibson wasn't even a full time running back in in college, and he hardly had what? how many touches did he had his whole college career? Touches, dude, like Not, like thirty six. It was crazy. Like thirty like hard. Yeah, but, he wide wide he right. yeah, he was so, a wide receiver at JUCO, right?
1: Yeah, he was a wide receiver at JUCO, and then went to right. Memphis, a little G five RBU. And, in a lot of ways, he was the anti Jonathan Taylor,
0: and they loved him that yeah. much. You know, he he caught the ball. He played receiver. Jonathan Taylor, the big question: What can he do on passing downs? He had all the production. Gibson had none of the production, but he had the, yeah. the flashes and the talent, and uh, obviously the receiving ability. So they do value that a lot. Najee Harris brings that to the table in droves, dude. That's what I love about this dude. And and. I'm not saying Aguirre is the upside to be RB1 in the NFL or anything like that, and you really want guys like that if you're taking guys in the first round. But what he can give you in the passing game, if you remember this team, I I like that pick a lot. Uh, Again, I don't trust Ronald Jones that much. So if I was just signing a guy like James White in free agency, it would make me really scared about the running back position unless I was able to address it early in the draft. You're able to do that in your mock here. Let's talk about Ronnie Perkins in the second round. By the way, Ronnie Perkins had a pro day today. This was really disadvantageous for you because you had already published this when Ron Perkins' absolutely abysmal pro day (laughs) happened today. And so I don't know whether it's going to do anything as draft stock and you have him in the
1: second round. But what did you see from Ronnie Perkins? Why do you like him out of Oklahoma? I think he's a guy that's got speed up field. I think he's a guy that's got good hands. I think he's got limited bend. Um. But I think he's got good speed up field, he's got good hands, that's important things. and he won't have to be in every down edge rusher. I think he's a guy who can play that five technique with his hand in the dirt. I think he can play standing up. And I don't, and I think that if he if you can groom him and you can bring him along and you can get him right, he can eventually step in for Pierre Paul unless you have to find a replacement and now you're just kind of going after, I think high upside guys. That's kind of what I went out with uh, Bobby Brown, the third, he's going to be your backup mm-hmm. nose tackle. Yeah. I think he's going to essentially be a step up from Steve McClendon. He's built like, an, I don't know what I could say, an absolute brick something house. Mm-hmm. He's just an absolute monster. Mm-hmm. Now, granted he's a first and second down guy yeah. because his, his pass rush almost solely consists of I'm really big. I'm going to push up the middle. Which is like a non a non a, not as athletic version of Vita Vea's penetration, but he's a guy that you can when you have to get Vita Vea off the field, he can put him in on first down. He can swallow right. up double teams. He's shown he can do that. He's a bit of a non factor in a pass rush if you can develop that. And this is something that I think was really fun about this year's battle plan is that usually the Bucks are so bad, we're going through and We're going. The Bucks need this. The Bucks need that. The Bucks need this. The Bucks need that. They need immediate. You know game changers in a lot of positions. Yeah. Whereas this draft, when I look down at guys like Ronnie Perkins, at guys like Bobby Brown, at guys like uh, Wallow out of TCU, Marquez Stevenson, these are high upside guys, I think, that I can take a chance on and you go, mm-hmm. let's see what happens. Let's let's take them in, let's, you know, polish off those edges and see what they become. Get tools and let them flourish. Interesting.
0: All right. Well for me Perkins, you know, I I was interested in that pick. Then today it is pro day nine seven in the broad you not great yeah, exactly. typically by the way for people who don't know i'll talk about this stuff a lot as the draft goes on but broad especially vertical to an extent but broad jump especially lower body explosiveness and twitch ability to get off quickly the ball quickly and then also to be able to cover short distances pretty quickly and explosively huge concern of mine for perkins on tape i did not see very good burst off the ball speed up the arc those were big questions he did nine set broad that's pretty to sustain or pretty uh, confirmed the concerns that i saw on tape. 32 inch vert again this guy was brought i think he came in 252 253 32 inch vert uh, i think that's below average probably i mean it's okay it's not the end of the world uh, by itself but 47840, it did get adjusted maybe to 471 it's okay but again pro day you're almost always adding at least yeah. a tenth so 48 at 253 is not very good um 478 short shuttle or 20 yard shuttle that's very not good. That did get updated to like a four, six, nine. Again, I don't know how much I trust these numbers or these updates. Yeah. Again, if the numbers are great at a pro day, I'm a little skeptical unless the tape like showed me that wasn't an issue Then I don't care if the numbers are if bad at a bad, pro day. And they oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's not good. And he didn't do the three cone. I actually thought he had decent bend on tape. Uh, you just didn't see it very often because he was so slow off the ball. And, but man, I'm telling you when he didn't even run the three cone, I was like, all right, bro. Like, so we have good production from Ronnie Perkins. We have a pretty bad athletic profile. And what I thought was pretty average tape. I do agree with you, though. This is a realistic. Pick. It may not be what you and I would pick, depending on who else is on the board. But it's a realistic pick, I think. And it's part of the job of assessing all this is that. So I mentioned Bobby Brown briefly. A raw guy, needs to develop. First and second down player in year one. That's what you're looking for, and in the third round. Remember, this isn't just the third round. This is pick like yeah. what ninety six or something. So, we're talking late first round. It's basically a fourth round pick if the way if if the Bucks you know kind of sit pat in the draft.
1: Yeah, just absolute big guy. I kind of went with you and Scott on the East Carolina uh, offensive tackle, mm-hmm. Deontay Smith. Um, I think he's long. I think he needs to put on some weight, but I think he's got good athleticism. Um, I think he comes in again, like I said, a project. Um, that's going to be the same thing you see with Garrett Wallow coming next. It's a little bit of a project. But, again, you are set at both tackle positions for the near future, especially in my battle plan because I extend Donovan Smith, um, and people are probably going to get mad at me in the chat for that. But here's the thing. I've been saying it since before the season. I said it last year. I don't care how much of a punching bag you think Donovan Smith is. When he's gone, chances are you're going to miss him unless you make a really nice upgrade. Because left tackles don't come around that often. And you can – left tackle is such an easy punching bag because they go Mm -hmm. up against elite edge rushers and they get beat and then you take one play off and all of a sudden you're getting talked about for two weeks. But Donovan Smith has gotten better every season of his career. He's good in the run game. He made significant strides, I mean, I think this year personally. And when you look at his – his pressure's given up, his sack's given up, he increases every year. It gets better. Right. Right. And so – it's really, really hard to find an above-average left tackle, and I think that's what you've got in Donovan Smith. When you have that, you don't let it go. So right. I extend him for, I think I had um, three years um, for $42 million. That's $14 million per. That allows you to slide his cap hit down a little bit, and I know it's really rare in the NFL, but I thought something that allows you to keep Donovan Smith through your Super Bowl window um, and makes it more likely for him to resign is to give him a player option. Give him a player option in 2023 because you know the left tackle market is always going up, um, and it's only going to go up more as the salary cap bounces back and increases. So you sign him to a three-year extension, give him $14 million per, get him through that t- Super Bowl window kind of the 2022 year, and then in 2023, he has the option do I either stay here, take the $14 million per that I have over the next two years, or do I get out and go hit the free market?
0: Yeah, a couple ways to look at the Donovan Smith extension. I'm glad you kind of brought it up. You could look at it this way for Donovan Smith. He is about to be, you know, I think he's going to be tw- 28 and hit the free agent market yeah. probably after a good year, another good year, and maybe not as good as this year. Maybe as good as this year, honestly. I mean, you're protecting for Brady. You know the ball's coming out quick. You know where he's going to be every snap. It just allows you to get comfortable as an offensive lineman. I don't think it's – I'm not saying he's bad and Brady makes him look good. I'm just saying it's consistent. You don't ever have to worry about yeah. where Brady is in the pocket for the most part you know, almost every snap of the season, you Brady's in the same place. Look, you can look at any of the, the next gen stats charts. He's in the same place all the time. So it just, it allows you to, you know, that was never the case with Jameis. Everybody knows. I mean, so that made life harder. I'm not saying Donovan Smith was fully to blame or Jameis was fully to blame. I'm just saying it makes life more difficult when you cannot establish, the cons- you do the same motion every time and you get yep. to the same place every time and every play goes the same way. You know, it's a little bit easier to start getting consistency. And he found that toward the end of the year. So again, Probably comes after off a strong year, hits free agent market, left tackle. Man, I mean, he's going to make bank, like, no, he's going to make a lot of money. Exactly. If, right. if the Bucks
1: don't pay him, someone's going to.
0: If you're the Bucks and you want to keep him from getting in that situation, you might want to pay him now. If you are the Spend Bucks, him and him you out. say, you know what, he can get to that situation. Somebody else probably going to pay him more than we are. That's fine. We'll replace him. That's the guy we have to replace. We, we'd rather resign Carl Davis. I would rather re-sign Carl Davis. You can do both. Great. But like Donovan Smith, Alex Kappa, those are the guys, you know, we extend Jensen. Those are the guys you got to replace. Those two. You got to be ready to ready to replace them. And then with this year's draft and next year's offseason slash draft. So maybe that's the way they look at it. And honestly, that probably wouldn't be a bad way to look at it. Brady's release time, the fact that he's helped left tackles, you know, be, basically have great seasons for a while. You know, I mean, this is clearly a track record that, but you also want to protect him. You got to protect him. You can't have a guy that's getting beat like a drum. Um, so it's a lot to to bank on. So anyway, they have they have their options for Donovan Smith. It's like if the Bucks want to re- want to extend me now, I think they're going to have to make me a really good offer because he doesn't want to hit free agency at thirty or thirty one with a two year extension. Yeah. He wants to hit it after this season. You know that's what he wants to hit it. So if they want to keep him around, I think it's going to have to be like a four year deal or or at least a three year deal, like just but maybe a four year deal to basically finish out the prime of his career. It's his last big window to get paid.
1: It, it and is. I think that what I did was with the player option. I think that's what I think is a, is a negotiation. You don't you see it a lot in stuff like the NBA, you don't see it a lot in the NFL because it gives so little leverage to teams. Mm-hmm. But Donovan Smith after 2022, that's two more seasons probably with Tom Brady that are probably good years and then so he be like a, a,
0: year, a one year extend after 2022, you mean yeah. after 2023. After right? 2022,
1: going into the 2023 offseason, he can now choose, do I want to open, hit the open market now? Cuz that gives you two more years with Tom Brady. You're probably going to have decent seasons with him because you expect Tom Brady's probably going to be here in 21 and 22 at the at minimum. And then after that, he's either got two more years he can stay through 23 and 24, or he can get out and go hit the open market. Wow.
0: Okay. All right. I, I respect that. So it. I thought that's unique. kind of the thing. One way to look that, at that. Yeah. And Deontay Smith would have plenty of time to develop in this scenario, too. Yeah. Um, and he needs it. He needs it. Uh, but he's talented for sure. But you mentioned Wallow quickly. Let's go to the seventh round. Wide receiver Marquez Stevenson from uh, Houston and Indiana safety, Jamar Johnson. What do you see in these guys? What do you
1: like about them in the seventh? Um, Marquez Stevenson I actually had. We didn't do comp picks. I would have had him as my sixth round comp pick. He's just – I mean, he's had some injury history. Um, he had an ankle injury I think in 2022. Another injury is freshman year. But, I mean, this guy is just a bolt of lightning. And the Bucks have really um, kind of struck gold the last two years late in the draft. I, when they drafted Scotty Miller, you know, in the sixth round out of Bowling Green, I said, who the hell is this five foot 945 pound, you know, blonde kid that looks like he's hanging out at the skate park on weekends? You know, what are you doing? And now all of a sudden? He's making incredible catches against the Raiders and he's streaking down the field against Kevin King against the green Bay Packers. And then last year they go out and it's really deep wide receiver class. And you're able to luck into getting an unbelievable player in Tyler Johnson. And he can probably slide in if you lose Antonio Brown and be that wide receiver three. I know you like to call him mini Chris Godwin, you know, kind of the same body style, a little bit of the same play style. Mm -hmm. Um, and this year, I think that a guy that they can get something special out of late is Marquez Stevenson. He's an absolute bolt of lightning on the field. Um, and obviously, getting him that late, you've got question marks. His route running, I think, is a question mark. His injury history is a little bit of a question mark. But with the ball in his hands in space, he's fast enough to run past people. And when you get the ball in his hands in space, I mean, I kept wanting them to use Scotty Miller on jet motions, you know, and things like that. But he just—we just found out he wasn't good at it. We've seen Stevenson do that well we've seen him you know get a little bubble screen and take it all the way he's just an absolute bolt of lightning and really importantly on kickoff returns he had 34 attempts in his career and took three of them back for touchdowns so i don't know what he can do on punts i think he only took three or four in his career but kickoffs he immediately steps in and becomes an upgrade over Jaden mickens with those three he was an average of 26 yards per return and then jamar johnson's just a guy that he's a late round pick he's out of sarasota former track guy um kind of, you know, pretty sure tackler, uh, got some range. He had, I think, 3.5 tackles for loss in a sack. He also had three interceptions and a forced fumble this year. Just the kind of guy, a late-round guy, does a little bit of everything, local kid, and I think he's the kind of guy that doesn't come in and start, but he's a guy that can come in and battle it out with Andrew Adams and Javon Hagan, and he's mm-hmm. kind of in that class of, okay, we can kind of move him between free safety, we can move between strong safety, and can he beat out you know that somebody for the last spot on the death chart and play special teams.
0: Interesting, yeah. I mean, I, I think that those guys definitely sound like the types and the spots that Tampa Bay would be like thinking in those rounds. Remember, they haven't had a lot of success necessarily with seventh rounders, um, but you know, I think that their their ability to start to improve hopefully on that part of the process a little bit, but also to you know target special teams, target guys, or target guys with one great trait. They might, you know, Stevenson might not be the most well rounded receiver, but if he can if he can fly. That's the guys you take chances on at that point in the draft. And, you know, Mickens, we know about with his arrest yesterday or his arrest uh, last weekend, um, his future is uncertain. So getting a return option in the draft, I think it's definitely something that will be on their radar, especially if Antonio Brown's not back. Kenyon Barner's not back. Some of those guys, types of guys aren't back. It's something that they're going to be looking for for sure. Okay, for people who don't know, next week we will be live at 8 p.m. Eastern, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, It will be at night because there will be free agency action. Remember, Monday, tampering period opens at 4 p.m. when we normally be live. So instead of 4 p.m., we'll be live at 8 p.m. We'll talk about the moves of the day and the things that have gone down during the day. And probably we'll have some breaking news to tackle on the air the way these things have gone. Tuesday, same thing. We'll be 8 p.m. Wednesday, free agency officially opens. It's not the tampering period, but we already will know a lot of the deals that are going to go down. Free agency officially opens. Guys can officially sign Wednesday at 4 p.m. So at Wednesday night at 8 p.m. we'll be live and we'll break it all down, assess everything. Same thing for Thursday night. We'll wrap up our week on the podcast at least next week on Thursday night, breaking down things that happen. And make sure you're following us on Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app. Follow Pewter Report, and you can. We're if something happens quick and we don't have a show right away, and it's a big deal. Shaq Barrett, big Contract, We'll jump in there, maybe give you a little chat talk about things a little bit, how it affects the landscape, so on and so forth. So uh, make sure you're following us on there as well. As always, thanks for another great week and another great edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out!
1: Out!